the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's another day, another what's going on in the Biden administration. Yeah. I mean, every day I get up and I'm reading stuff and I go, what is going? Did you see this ignorance that he did the other day in Maui where he compared a kitchen fire? (laughs) Yeah. To yeah. burning down that city in Maui and all those people dying? Yeah. That, what that, is wrong? And and he's been telling this story since the mid-2000s. Well, I mean, it's just clear that he is mentally not here. It doesn't seem like it. And, and the handlers can't handle him anymore. Yeah. Because this is just an ongoing, keeps getting worse every day. And uh, I don't know if the American people... You know, if you can't see this, you're just blind. Well, I I brought it up yesterday. Does it not seem to you that every day I see him on TV, he looks more and more like Walter? He, yeah. Uh, the the yeah. dummy. Yeah. And I, I'm I mean, look, he looks like him and he acts like him. You know, <laughs> he he does. I'll draw another comparison. <clears throat> if you're a Sopranos fan, and me and my wife recently watched the whole series again oh, and finished it. What a great show. But he's like Junior at the end of the series. Yeah. Junior Soprano at the end of the series. Yeah. He's in the wheelchair mumbling, you know, and has no clue. No, he doesn't know where he's at. Who anybody is or where he's at or anything. All right. So big story is breaking. You're going to hear more about this over the next few days. It's spooky. Yeah, it is. Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill are demanding answers from President Biden about an apparent, quote, nuclear understanding, unquote, with Iran in what sure appears to be a violation of the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act of 2015. Look, the last thing we want is a nuclear Iran. The last thing we want is for that country to have uh, one, much less more than one, uh, atomic weapon. Uh, The uh, letter sent by House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman McCall of Texas, House Majority Leader Scalise of Louisiana, and House GOP Conference Chair Stefanik of New York expresses the significant concern the House lawmakers have with recent reports about Iran's activities and the Biden administration's talks with the regime. Specifically, as outlined in the letter, Iran has reportedly, quote, diluted a small amount of 60% enriched uranium in recent weeks and slowed the rate at which it is accumulating new material, which coincided with, quote, a deal for Iran to release five American hostages in exchange for several Iranian prisoners and access to at least, at least, there's no real number on this, at least $6 billion in frozen Iranian assets held in South Korea and potentially billions more that are held over in Iraq. Uh, From the Hill, they say the deal, which was publicly confirmed by the administration earlier this month, 
unfreezes $6 billion of funds held in South Korea from Iran's oil sales from the release of the five Americans who were recently transferred to house arrest in Tehran. The U.S. also plans to release some Iranian prisoners in the agreement. There's more to this. This is what's important that everybody understand. There's more to this. Is number one, we're paying, we're paying terrorists. Okay, that's the first thing. We started this with Obama. You remember those pallets sure of money? Sure did. Remember the pallets of money? That on, even John Kerry that, yeah. stated, hey, that money was going to go to terrorists. Yeah, it went to her- terrorists. Yeah. And and now we got another $6 billion that look like it's going to be on its way. I mean, look, Iran is, is behind Hamas and, and all kinds of bad people. All kinds of bad people. Who do you think held up, uh, you know, the... the uh, the insurgency over in Iraq for years. Mm-hmm. It was Iran. That's who was doing it. They're the ones that came up with the IEDs that were killing our boys over yeah. there and maiming our our troops over there. And we still treat these people like they have some kind of hold on us. I don't know if they got pictures of Biden and Osama with goats or what. All I know is that they have... They have played the game of being nice with these people, and you cannot be nice with the mullahs Let, over there. Let's be clear. It's Democrats that do this. Yeah. Iran. Not Republicans. Not Democrats do it. All right. By the way, I just got a just got a text from Bruce Westerman in Guam. In Guam. He's ready to talk to us at 735. Oh, he's going to come out yeah, today? Yeah, I didn't think he was going to make it. But <laughs> good, good, because we may get – let's get his take on this. Because I'll be wanting to hear what he has to say because not only is this going on, but they're working on nuclear fissionable material. Yep. Yep. Come on now. What's going on? It's time – going to have to get the people from the administration in front of the committees and find out what's going on. Well, the the nuclear issue is even bigger than what I'm about I to say. I think so. Okay? Yeah. But we're literally – Let's just look at our enemy and say, hey, instead of just giving you $6 billion cash, we're just going to give you $6 billion in ammunition, military equipment, our technology. We're literally going to give you $6 billion to arm yourself to defend yourself against us. That's how ridiculous this is. Well, it's, it's beyond that. It's to, to defend yourself against the United States, but to push Israel, Israel into the sea. Well, yeah, which is... And, the the nuclear end of it is what's That's really terrifying. Yeah. Because I'll give you an example in the World War Two with the Japanese. Okay, uh, for you younger folks, the Japanese fighter pilots they would only give them enough fuel to get to their targets and fight for them, and then they would dive bomb their planes into our ships, our buildings, whatever. And they went on a death mission. They went there to kill as many people as they could, and then kill as many as they people as they could by suicide let me let me throw one little piece of into that they bolted them into their planes yeah. they couldn't get, once they were in their planes yeah. you're not they couldn't out. get out yeah. nope go ahead and so let's draw that same pair and so you think and i hear people say it all the time oh nobody's going to push that but nobody iran wouldn't push it if they had it well nobody's that suicidal mm-hmm. well we've seen it throughout history Let's don't forget. Why we, would anybody we, fly a plane into a building that's going to kill yeah. them, too? So we've seen this throughout history, and don't forget, we pushed a button. Yeah. So we're going to say that nobody would do that? Come on. Especially <laughs> when you've got mullahs over there who believe that, and at one time, I don't know if the, the head honcho over there still buys into the whole thing, that 
they want to bring on to the second coming of their prophet. Yeah. That's a yeah, religious thing yeah. for them as well. Absolutely. So anyway. Of course, they think they're getting 100 virgins and all this when they die and everything. And be yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. But, but this, this, this really is, people should really take note of this, and this really should be an election issue. Well, it's going to have to be, and I would make an election issue. Why are, why are we paying terrorists? That has always been a rule that we've lived by. We don't pay terrorists. Obama broke it, and now, you know, I guess for the Democrats, this is just normal normal operating yeah. procedure now. Yeah, and, and uh, well, it's a mentality that they have the same mentality like with, with pedophiles, right? Well, they're misunderstood, and yeah, they can't Yeah, we've got to change your it. name. Yeah. We'll and, change your name yeah. so we don't feel bad. But they have the same mentality. They have the same mentality with fanatical uh, tyranny driven uh, governments you know well that's they can't help it you know we need to understand them and everything well i understand this they want to kill me and they'll die trying to kill me that's what i understand and uh you just can't you just if i would hope that this subject would come up tonight this is how serious i would hope they bring it up yeah it's a foreign policy issue that needs it, to be discussed. And it's very serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's an understatement. You can say what you want about President Tw- Trump and his tweets and his arrogance and everything, but he wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to have uh, Bruce Westerman on at 735. I just got a, a text back from uh, State Senator Brian King. Yeah. He'll talk to us at after 10 o'clock in the last hour of the show today to talk about this article that you may have already seen in the Dim Gaz uh, on the um, in, uh, Arkansas section about uh, the, uh, the Arkansas uh, Attorney General talking about making changes to kind of solidify our gun laws so everybody can understand them. And uh, he's on one of the committees that that would be under so we'll talk to him about that. I've also got a got a a quick uh, letter out to Terry Rice to see if he'll join us. So that's got a, a, lot, that's a lot going yeah, on this morning. That's a big subject that we need to talk about as far as AG. I'm and, telling you, and, well, we just got out. We just came out of the blocks of the starting line. All yeah, right, no and kidding. We're mean, talking big, big stories right off the bat. Oh, also, don't forget tonight, seven o'clock at the U.S. Pizza over on Cavanaugh. Uh, we'll be meeting there uh, to watch the debate and then afterwards talk about it. Remember, uh, you can't wear any kind of uh, shirts, jewelry, pins, anything like that for any candidates because of, of uh, I don't know whether they're five, 5013Cs or whatever that uh, Americans are prospering on, but they cannot have you there for partisanship. Yeah. If you show up with a partisan uh, shirt or something on, uh, if it's a pen, we're going to ask you to remove it. If it's a shirt, I'll ask you to go back somewhere and change it. But you can't come in yeah. and sit down with it. They can get fined yeah. big money. And uh, Ryan's going to be – you and Ryan are doing this, right? Well, Ryan is going to be in northwest Arkansas. Okay. Who's, who's – It's going to be me and uh, his number two man going to be there with okay. uh, Arkansas. Yeah, you've had him on the show before, too. Yeah, I'm trying himself. to say, is that J.D.? Yeah, J.D. Yeah. will be on. And uh, we'll be we'll be having some fun tonight over free pizza. That's my favorite four letter word that starts with F. My uh, you know free pizza, 
a, you know, free salads. You can get free sodas, and I think you get one al- alcoholic drink. You know, one? Just, just on. one. Just <laughs> one. Yeah, just uh, one. for the folks out there, be sure and tune in tomorrow to Dave's show tomorrow morning because you're going to do a recap. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of different analysis, people on. Analysis, right? Yeah, Joe Wood's going to be on, the new chair yeah. of the Arkansas uh, Republican Party will be on to talk about what he thought about the debate. He's in mm-hmm. Wisconsin right now. So is Seth Mays trying to work out. He's supposed to join me, and Doyle Webb supposed to join me yeah, tomorrow. That'd be so good. we got three yeah. different people that give us their feel for what goes down. Yeah, a little post post game analysis. Got to right? have that. Yeah, you got to have that. And I'll yeah. probably have somebody from the Republican National Convention come on and uh, and talk about it as well. I got a question for you. What's that? Without Trump, is the answer thirteen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. And, uh, uh, without Trump being in the debate. Are you predicting that the viewership is going to be lower than it normally would be? I don't know what it would be. You know, here's my thing. If Trump, he doesn't want to take part in the debate, but he wants to be the center of attention. That bothers me. Have your cake and eat it, too. He's going to, you know, he's going to carry on this this interview uh, that he's going to have around the same time as debate. Dude, get up on the stage, Okay. I mean, this is part of the of the deal, right? Surely, you know you could handle yourself on the stage. You did it several years ago. You can do it again. Come on. Is this an opportunity for two or three of these people to really uh, shine their light yes. with Trump not around? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so because yeah. I we talked about this yesterday on the show, and that is, but Trump not there. Uh, although I'm sure his name will be will be brought up, all right. Still, it gives the opportunity for each and every one of the people that are on stage to say, "My name is, and here's what I can do." Do you? And you just alluded to it, but my next question would be: Do you see, particularly, any of these folks maybe going after Trump oh, tonight Chris without Christie him being will. there? You think he will? No doubt. Here's what I think is going to be interesting, and I'll be watching it closely for this. Can Ron DeSantis literally restart his run for the presidency? Because mm-hmm. he has sputtered and coughed and kind of started and then stopped. He may have done what Baker of Tennessee did back in the, uh, the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. when he was – everybody loved the guy. He was He was big. I mean, he – he helped mitigate the whole Watergate thing, and he was at the pinnacle of his success. And he didn't strike and take it and run with it. Right. All right. He didn't do that, and because of that, he was never president. If if DeSantis doesn't make big time hay tonight, he'll be done. You think he'll be done? Yeah, he's going to be like Jeb Bush. Yeah, he'll be an afterthought after this. If he does not show well. He's going to be in trouble. All right, we should be hearing from, and there he is right now. Just got, uh, Westerman's calling right now from Guam. I'll tell you, it's nighttime over there, and it is Thursday. It's not, how, how's it feeling over, how, how's it feeling over there, uh, Congressman? It's, what time is it, Thursday at what time? It's uh, 10.36 p.m. So, uh, yeah, I got I got up on the woke up on the twenty second of August and never went to bed on the twenty second of August. So, I know. 
It's weird, isn't it? But somehow you, yeah, you make up for that on the way back. So. Oh yeah, you'll 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 get when you leave Guam, you will arrive a couple hours before you left. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of hard I, to get your mind around. It is. So it really is. So it's Thursday, ten over the ten thirty-seven and at night. Thursday, but it's Thursday. actually Wednesday. Are you living in Joe Biden's world? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to ask you: Did you see this story that busted today? I mean, remember when it used to be that America never paid money to terrorists? And now, yeah, I remember that. And then, and then uh, Obama had all that money sitting out on the tarmac there in in Tehran that he was given to the to Iran and for uh, the terrorists over there. And then we turned around just now. The story that's uh, really t- jumping out on the front pages is six billion dollars for five American uh, prisoners. You know, Dave, I've been on an airplane flying over flying over the Pacific for a lot of the day, so I, I've not seen that story yet. But yeah, six six billion dollars, Congressman. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're, Go ahead. Yeah, and, and what that what that does is it tells terrorists, you know, here's your your ticket to to riches, just kidnap some Americans. So that, I mean, that's why we have the policies because you don't want to um, reward bad behavior, and apparently that sounds like what the Biden administration's done. Well, they they got a letter yesterday from the House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman McCall, and it was signed also by Scalise and Stefanik, and uh, they're expressing significant concerns. They said the uh, the House lawmakers have, with recent reports about Iran's activities and the Biden administration's talks with the regime, specifically as outlined in the letter, Iran has reportedly, quote, diluted a small amount of 60 percent enriched uranium in recent weeks and slowed the rate at which it is uh, accumulating new material. And there will be a deal for Iran to release five American hostages in exchange for several Iranian prisoners, and they get access to at least $6 billion in frozen Iranian assets that are being held in South Korea. Yeah, and as you were reading that, I, I, found, the, uh, I found the email buried in my email from from Mike McCall talking about that very thing, but I I just hadn't had a chance to look at it. Yet. I can understand that, but I mean this is this is serious stuff. Iran is nobody we should be playing footsie with. No, and and Obama started it, and now it looks like Biden's carrying out with it. And this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, Dave. Like. You know, the only sense any of it makes is when you find out that Hunter Biden's taking payments from from Ukraine and and R- Russian oligarchs. That that starts to make sense why you see some of the actions that he's taking there. But but Iran, for the life of me, I don't I don't see that connection. Maybe Hunter's got some uh, consulting <laughs> businesses he he runs over in Tehran or something. Now the only connections I can see on that is that the Democrats have gotten to the point. Where they don't back Israel, that's the that's the only connection. That's been pretty apparent here of late. 
with a lot of a lot of statements and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, by the way, uh, why don't you tell our listeners why you're in Guam? Because they're wondering if you're on vacation or something. <laughs> yeah, well, we're doing a uh, actually got a field hearing on Thursday morning, which tomorrow from here or all, almost today, uh, but. Uh, the National Resources Committee has jurisdiction over the five territories, which are in the Pacific, the Northern Marianas, Guam, and American Samoa, and then Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. And also, uh, the U.S. government has something we call compacts of free association with three island countries here in the South Pacific, and that's Palau, Micronesia, and the Marshall Islands, which there are a lot of Marshallese that uh, live in my district in Arkansas. A lot of them have moved there. Uh, but these agreements come up every 20 years, and those agreements will be going through the Natural Resources Committee as well. And there's probably been no more critical time than to have these agreements um, very solid because of what China's doing down here in the Indo-Pacific region. And they're pushing their Belt and Road Initiative out into these, uh, you know, second and third island chains and trying to get a foothold down here and, and wedge us out of an area that's extremely strategic mm-hmm. uh, for our military and for, um, you know, world trade. Uh, and it's a, it's, Strategically, it's a place we really need to keep a presence, so we'll be having hearings about those uh, compacts free association, and we should be marking bills up um, this fall when we get back uh, to D.C. Uh, but, you know, I had a, we stopped in um, Honolulu yesterday and had a briefing with the Indo-PACOM uh, uh, command and um you know, we've got all the latest information on some of the things that are going on, and uh, that made me feel even more certain that we needed to be down here doing this work because uh, the Chinese are really being aggressive in this area. Well, there's no doubt about that. By the way, uh, talking about Iran, I wonder if somebody asked the president about it, he'll say, well, my, my kitchen caught on fire one time. And I ran. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway, go go. No, I do. To your point, Dave, I I thought, you know, if you want to see the definition of insensitive and out of touch to people's tragedy, that was it, right? That statement he made. Oh yeah, and you know, we were actually um, when we landed at um, at the air base in uh, at Pearl Harbor there. Air Force One was there because uh, President Biden was going out to, to look at the fires, and I heard he made just gap after gap. Yeah, he did uh, over there yesterday. Yeah, you. So you went through Hickam, huh? Yeah, and okay. then on the way back, we're we're going to stop and go tour the the fire damage as well. Because I've got a I've got a pretty large bipartisan group of members with me, and. Uh, there will be a request for a supplemental FEMA funding uh, for that disaster. And yeah, that sounds uh, just the reports I was getting, uh, just a terrible, terrible tragedy. And uh, 
the loss of life is, is tremendous there. You know, the, the big fire we had out in California a couple of years ago, I think there were 85 or 86 people that died, and there's still around seven or 800 people that aren't accounted for uh, in that fire. Yes. Congressman, we talked last week about the fire in Hawaii and in other fires in the country they get blamed on climate change when the reality these are these issues are caused by men yeah not taking care of yeah. uh, you know cutting back the grass that you talked about the last time have, have and i know you're going to go tour it and you're looking to get more information but since we talked last week have you learned any more about the fire and um, uh, how it really got going and what could have what could have been done to prevent it well <clears throat> what i've read and been told that it probably started from uh, utility wires mm-hmm. and you know they were having hurricane force winds there there was a, a storm out off the coast of Hawaii that didn't hit Hawaii but it was driving some really strong winds in uh, it's been dry there this summer uh, they've got these grasses that are non-native uh, that were uh, left over when they quit uh, quit farming sugarcane and apparently the fire got in those grasses and then it was you know, we it's being called a wildfire but it was mainly a structural fire where it went through a neighborhood and just uh you know destroyed this um, old neighborhood there in maui and uh, one of the places that that i visited uh when i was in hawaii was the um there's a facility there that reclaims the remains of, of uh, missing in action and prisoners of wars. They they work all around the world, and they've got one of the best forensics labs there. And uh, they've already had like a dozen of their scientists that have been pulled away to go work that uh, that disaster mm-hmm. because it's um, you know the it's it's really terrible situation with the fire and you know they're they're literally looking for uh, you know remnants of, of humans out there which is a, a sad situation we got just a few moments before i got to take a break but let's ask, let me ask this question did you have you heard anything about uh, a quantity of water that was available to use to fight the fire and they didn't use it because of uh, climate change stuff, thought processes, green, you know, green kind of stuff. Have you heard anything about that? Or maybe you'll hear about it tomorrow when you when you are walking amongst the ruins. Yeah, and it'll be a few days before I get back up there. But I have heard that, um, and this is something I really want to, to get more information on, that when they were farming sugarcane, they popped water from one side of the island to the other side of the island and this is where the, the city built up they quit farming sugarcane and the environmentalists were pushing them to leave the water on the other side of the island so you know one report is that they actually ran out of water trying to fight the fire but also this was one of those fires where uh I'm, I'm not sure how how much good they could have even done with water. It was burning ships. 
that were out in the uh, in the port, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it sank a lot of boats in the harbor and everything there. So I, you know, I'm really um, anxious to get back up there and to get on the ground and talk to people and get the real story, um, and maybe I can fill you in more on that next time we talk. All right. Hey, Congressman, you still with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right, because I've got the question of the day for you down there in Guam, okay? Are you partaking right. and chewing any beetle nuts while you're down there? I have not been introduced to that yet, but uh, <laughs> I know Dave spent some time down here in the service. Maybe he can tell us about, about beetle nuts. Well, that's nuts. why he's asking the question, yeah. because I, I went to a lot of luau's when I was on Guam, of course, and... You know, make sure you get some coconut crab while you're there. And the beetle nut is a nut that they chew, well, they did chew on Guam, and it gives you a euphoric high. Yeah. A natural high. A natural high. That's yeah. right. Little little John Denver Kinda high. Kind of like Merle Haggard used to say. Yeah, right? you got that. Yeah. <laughs> and you got that. And, and then uh, while you're there, I'll just tell you, pass on, if anybody says you want some finihi, say no thank you. And that that's boiled, right. yeah. That's boiled fruit bat. I'll just warn you what it is. Boiled Ooh. fruit bat. Yeah, boiled fruit bat. All these okay. bats eat is the uh, the nectar off of fruit. Yeah, and they're sweet. Yeah, I tasted it one time, one Boy. time. So you've eaten you've eaten I've bat. Eaten, huh? I've eaten bat, but coconut. The coconut crab over there is awesome. If you get all, if you can get some coconut crab while you're there, Congressman, by all means. Eat some. It's good. And, uh, I don't think Congressman's right. going to eat any fruit bat while he's there, though. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes on the coconut crab, no on the fruit, fruit bat. bat. That's right. No <laughs> on the fruit <laughs> bat. You got no finihi. That's a bat ain't that. a dove, Dave. I know. Well, no, it was not. It, it wasn't. It's a beautiful island. Uh, are you going to be on Anderson at all, and or are you going to be in, down around Big Navy more of your time? Uh, we'll be in both places. Oh, okay. Yep. Are you meeting in Nagano while you're there? Uh, not familiar with that name. We're at, I know our meetings at a hotel downtown is where we're having our hearing in a conference room. There. Well, that I bet you you're going to go to the the uh, urban center of Guam, Agania, and you're on the island where the Japanese many of the Japanese come for their honeymoons after they get married. It's a great island. The people are wonderful there. I really enjoyed my time yeah. on Guam. I really, really did. Uh, I'll give you a joke, but don't tell it to any Chamorro people. Those are the indigenous peoples of Guam. I always said that when they said hello, they they, they gave away their work ethic because it was half a day. Half a day, yeah. yeah. It's cause, <laughs> yeah I'm already... Because uh, they're I'm, chewing I'm the beetle nuts. I'm from, I'm familiar with half a day. Half a day. That's exactly right. That's what they always. That's all. But that was what they would say. The Portuguese were big uh, discoverers of Guam. It is a wonderful island. It really, really is. I like it. I, I can't. I, I think the congressman is spot on on just how important that region yes, of Guam it, is to us. I mean, well, look, the Chinese are building their own islands out yeah. in that area. I hope that's those don't tip scary. over. No, those, you don't <laughs> have to worry about those tipping over. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely not. All right. Well, we'll let you go, Congressman. Enjoy your stay there. Uh, get done your work, because I know you got a lot of work to do as well. But enjoy, you know, the food while you're there. All right. I'll uh, stay away from the fruit 
and eat the, eat the crab. So, okay. Uh, appreciate the tip. Yeah. Re- re- repeat after me. No fanihi. No fanihi. That's it. No fanihi. All right. So even though the superintendent in that email has admitted they didn't follow the guidelines, uh, I went ahead and sent him a FOIA request yesterday, and I asked him for the reviews that the guidelines or the guidelines tell them that they have to do. I asked him for the reviews. Uh, I asked him for the review that the district was supposed to do before this professional development that W. Pearl put on, where they were supposed to review her, what she was presenting before she did it. And then I asked for now, all let me this. Just ask, sure. Doesn't it make sense that if you're the superintendent of a school system and you're going to have a huge meeting to present information to all of your teachers and, and faculty, that you would not look at what they were going to say and teach that would be prudent and it's and let's take another step we just read where it's required yeah you have i mean okay. he's got to do this and, and it's and very it, obvious he didn't do yeah, this well he even admits it in the email right yeah but to just to further drive it home i'm asking for all that okay well one they he already said he didn't do it but if they send me reviews that they did after I filed this, and after the secretary talked to him, okay, then you're saying, you know, we had old sand down there on the farm. You know, that's like shutting the gate after the cows are out. That's right. Yeah, and so the, the cows are out of the barn now. Yeah, and so if you say, well, we did them, you know, we went ahead and did them after that, so everything's okay now. No, it's not. You still robbed the bank. <laughs> you know, you robbed the bank, you and then you come back. You still broke the law, sir. Yeah. You robbed the bank and said, come back and say, wait a minute, you caught me, I robbed the bank, so here's your money back. You know, let's just let let's just call it good, right? No, we're not calling it good. And, and so I do want to make the point, uh, I can't stress this enough, don't get the investigation, folks, don't get the investigation division confused with the with the people who are going to make the decision. They're two different areas. Yeah. Investigative division over there at PLSB uh, always does a good job. They go at it in an unbiased fashion. They get the facts, and then they present the facts. Now, again, what the subcommittee does to it, that's going to be the key because (laughs) while it's cut and dried, there's no doubt about it, and I cannot imagine that the subcommittee would say there's no preponderance of evidence when there clearly is. Who puts the subcommittee together? State Board of Education. Okay, and who puts the State Board of Education together? But now Governor Sanders has put one of her people on her now because one came off. So I think, if I remember right, she's going to have the opportunity this term to maybe get a couple of more on there. But our State Board of Education is, let's just say it like it is, our State Board of Education has been pretty liberal on the liberal side of things. And so they're probably not in tune with what the governor's You're trying to You're speaking about Johnny Keyes. Well, Johnny Keyes is gone. He was well, the commissioner. Well, I know he's yeah. good. Olivia but, uh, but I'm, in there. Yeah, but I'm talking about uh, the state board members like uh, Fitzhill, Dr. Fitzhill and some other folks. They're, they're not real in tune with what the governor or the people of Arkansas expectations are. And uh-huh. we've seen that in rulings from them. So basically this is going to say, well, I'm going to say it one more time, the, the ethics subcommittee is going to decide 
you know, hey, this was wrong, and we're going to take action, or the or they're going to say the governor's executive order and the laws in the Learns Act are worthless and unenforceable. So if this all goes in front of the subcommittee, they have a few things they can do. Go through those again. Uh, quickly, they can they can uh, uh, assign a letter of caution to these educators. They can fine them. They can uh, do a probation period on the license. They can suspend them, or they can uh, uh, take away their license. Yeah, revocation. Yeah. Now, as you said, being objective, Jimmy can't be an objective, Dave, Susie, yeah, I, being think, I think you use a ball-peen hammer yeah. first before you use the 20-pound sledgehammer. Yeah, I think you— Revo- Revocation you, is the 20-pound sledgehammer. Yeah, I think you go—I think you start with a letter of caution because this was a new executive order, new governor, new law, and we say, okay, guys, you screwed up. Now, now you have—you know, we're not going to have it again, so we're going to give you a letter of caution, a little probationary period— and say, but if it happens again, you know, here we go. 20-pound sledgehammer. Yeah. You know, doesn't sound good on a watermelon. No. All right. All oh, right. real quick, I got other allegations I'm taking over there. All right. On North Rock School District. Quickly. I, I, I'm going to bring them. I'm going to start bringing them, but I informed you yesterday. I said, this is not the only time they're going to see me. I've got four other things. All right. That we'll I'm keep that for them. next yeah. week? Yeah. Little, okay, we'll teaser. do that. All right. Uh, by the way, Susie has walked into the... Uh, the studio. She'll be joining us now as well. I need to take a break because uh, State Senator Terry Rice is going to join us. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. It's about uh, a quarter till nine right now. We got State Senator Terry Rice on with us, and uh, Senator article on the front page of uh, the Arkansas section of the paper today: Griffin effort on to simplify state gun laws. Uh, written by Michael Wickline says Arkansas Attorney General Tim Griffin is working with Legislative Council Co-Chairman State Senator Terry Rice of Aldrin, State Senate Republican Whip Ricky Hill of Cabot, and State Representative. Harold Beatty of Crossit to make recommendations to simplify the state's overcomplicated gun laws. And let me just add this in real quickly. The reason our gun laws are so doggone complicated is because we've had to do everything, uh, as far as I'm concerned, kind of back-asswards to get around the Democrats who were in control when we started all of this. And uh, we had to write, th- we had to do things kind of almost in secret to make things happen here in the state because the Democrats were so against gun laws. Uh, bring us up today. What is this all about exactly, State Senator? All right, good morning, Dave. Good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, when I'm at home, I normally get to get ready to you. Uh, in the past, for two hours, and I only get an hour before I have to get off work, but uh, I'm a daily listener, so I, I, I keep up uh, with a lot of things, the good topics you work on. This is uh, uh, something that uh, my co-chair, Representative Jeff Wardlaw, and, and I, uh, Jeff happens to be an avid uh, sportsman, and uh, that we've seen need for some time, uh, as we both chair uh, Arkansas Legislative Council. Our co-chairs of the subcommittee of Arkansas Game and Fish and State Police 
uh, that work directly uh, with them in, in different uh, capacities of, of interest uh, were all brought together, and we had a meeting on July 17th. Your listeners can go back on and watch the uh, uh, video of the, the live stream. It's a very good testimony from citizens, knowledgeable citizens, in that about uh, concerns and specific issues of unclear uh, legislation. And like you said, and my comment is, it's almost a patchwork, like a patchwork quilt that, that this has been done over the years. Uh, while Arkansas is a strong Second Amendment state, there is still confusion in, in areas, and the Attorney General has uh, had requests for, from lawmakers for, this, for opinions on things and gets a lot of requests from citizens. So what we started July 17th in uh, a legislative council subcommittee, uh, the Attorney General, because he had had requests, uh, uh, offered to uh, work with us. And it's it, as a lot of things come out in the media, it's not, and I told the, uh, my quick line at call yesterday, I don't see this as two separate things at all. The Attorney General's offered to work with us, and he needs to be in on this because passing legislation that will stand judicial scrutiny is very important. And because of the input that he's had and what we get legislatively, uh, we intend all to work together and take public input and input from uh, learned people that can uh, express some of the concerns, put all that together and have some good legislation that is simpler and more clear in the 2025 regular session. Well, I remember a, year, a few years back when B.B. was governor and uh, you all were working on gun legislation and uh, I got wind of it and I was going to start talk about it and I was approached, I won't say by who, it wasn't you. Uh, and was asked to hold off so that I didn't tip off the governor that you guys were working on this stuff. I mean, it was that secretive at one time, was it not? Back, if you remember when the journey law was brought forth by, uh, I guess he was a senator then, Denny Alstis, I was working on it. He worked with the state police, and they, they had verbiage that, that was approved by the state police at that time that uh, clarified it allowed a journey. I mean, that's that's one of the things that was early on, uh, people didn't realize how big a deal that was. It is strictly said you are legally allowed to carry protection when you leave your house. And since then, we've had to define, at, at that time, I think it was to the border of your county, outside your county. And, and so that's been clarified in time. So there's many things like that in patchwork uh, done that we need to simplify. Well, thank goodness for some people like you and uh, and Bob Ballinger and Charlie Collins and others who have over the years. And this I'm just going from like 2010 over the last 13 years. This has been a long slog for you guys. It has, and, and you know, uh, responsible gun owners is really good for everybody, even those who are scared of firearms. Uh, and overall in Arkansas, I think you and I both know, uh, most everybody uh, that has grown up with firearms 
are comfortable with them, know how to handle them, have been taught the responsibility and all that. Yes, there's people that don't. But having unclear laws is a danger, and that's what we need to make it clear. Representative, or excuse me, Senator Brian King, uh, if you know past Act 777-2023, that really all it did, it clarified that you've got the right to conceal carry a handgun. We already knew we had it. The courts had ruled that, but we didn't have it clear in legislation. Senator King passed that. That does not address the enhanced carry. That's a separate thing. So yeah, he's going to he's going to be on with me in about five minutes after ten. We're going to talk to him about that. Right. That, that's very good because that was something that was needed. How, again, we had pockets of law enforcement out in Arkansas that didn't think that was clear. So it was as much for. We, we want our law enforcement safe, and we want them, uh, you know, to, to be enforcing laws uh, clearly. Hey, Sanders, it's Jimmy. Um, we've seen the Attorney General get involved in FOIA with, in a creative working group with FOIA, and he's talking about creating a group now to advise you guys on this. The concern would be a limitation that, that our Second Amendment rights would actually ended up end up getting limited. Can you kind of assure the folks that there's going to be no, this is not going to end up with any uh, limitations on our Second Amendment rights that we enjoy right now? Well, I, I'll give you, give you my view of that. One is we're, we're willing to have input from, from all concerned citizens. The Arkansas legislature has clearly shown we are pro Second Amendment, and we have we have moved the ball greatly, as Dave said, since I came down here in 2009, and uh, I, I see no concern uh, for limiting that. Uh, again, when you've got unclear, whether it's just to a certain percentage or whatever, there are a few unclear things still that that need to be defined uh, to do that. But there is. N- nothing that I know of to limit your Second Amendment rights uh, in the Arkansas legislature majority. All right. You talked about Ward Law, and of course he's the other co-chair uh, of this committee. He said he didn't know anything about this. Was that just an oversight, do you think? I, I, again, that, that, that was an oversight. It just, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know the Attorney General was uh, had been, I knew he'd been working on it, but I, I hadn't talked to him about it, and that just came about over the weekend, and I, I'll take responsibility for that a little bit. My fault because my co-chair and I uh, visit uh, regularly, sometimes daily, on issues, and, and I, I just have not updated. Again, this is the attorney general is going to be bringing things and is going to have a person working with our, the subcommittee of, of uh, Representative Miller and Center Hill, uh, and. and we're all going to be working on the project. So, yeah, I, I understand he probably called off guard. It's my fault for not having him updated. Okay, so the timeline on this is you all are going to work on this through 2024, looking forward to co- doing a cohesive piece of legislation in 2025 when the uh, the General Assembly comes back together again. Correct, correct. You know, if we have... I, I don't. I can't think of anything would come to the uh, emergency need to, to try to get two thirds to do it in the fiscal session uh, next April. But uh, this is mainly focused on twenty twenty five. Well, let me just say it's about time, and I'm glad that you're heading it up. You're a conservative we can trust, and we appreciate you, Senator Rice. 
appreciate that, Dave. Enjoy listening to you. All right. We'll talk to you later again. Thank you for coming on. Again, short notice, he joined us here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so there you have it. The bottom line of what they're doing here, and we'll talk to uh, State Senator Brian King about this as well after 10 o'clock, is that they're trying to take this patchwork as the senator mentioned, and the only reason we got a ta- patchwork is because the frickin' Democrats fought us every step of the yeah, way. That's that's I true. Mean, that's every true. step yeah. of the way. And uh, Charlie Collins, when he was state legislature uh, legislator, when you had uh, Ballinger, state legislator, and then state senator, uh, you know they were instrumental in getting these laws won by it's been a slog i mean seriously it's like been fighting over in the rice paddies of vietnam or something getting some of this stuff done it's crazy it's crazy because you had so many liberal uh democrats fighting against rights that you're given by the constitution of the united states yeah and the legislation that came out of last session was so welcoming that it clarified said look you don't need a concealed carry permit to conceal carry no and that and that's what senator king's law did yes and and it's and it's a great law and i do get the part about clarifying um on the enhancement and yeah we, I mean, we talk about, about it you yeah. got concealed carry you got enhanced concealed carry you go you go and carry on a university uh, okay, you can carry, but you can't carry in this part of the – all that stuff has got to be cleared up. It's got to be cleaned well, up. Well, uh, case in point is Robert's case, right? Robert Steinbuck's case with the Arkansas Game and Fish. Yeah, yeah. you you should be – I would think if you go to the the, the gun range out in, in Mayflower, you should be able to take, <laughs> take a, gun a gun with you. If you go to the gun range. All right, let's get to it. Let me remind you about uh, something. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Yeah, it's hump day. Yeah, I love it when it's hump day. It's hump day over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and it's always great. It's always great. And you know what else is always great? When Susie Parker shows up. Yeah. She's here in the studio. You know, we we got, when did we start talking to each other? I I had you on to talk about your book. Probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason I had you on. And and we never, I guess we we got a little weirded out during the trump era but other than that well i was taking care of my mom during that time too so i kind of went off the radar yeah of covering anything so So anyway and then we had but and then i had you then (laughs) i had john as far as um uh you know talking about hillary and and things of that nature last but not least i I gotta ask your uh this question and and that is in fact both of you before we go to our next subject have you been hearing the whisperings in the background? COVID, COVID, it's coming back. Uh-huh. Are you hearing it? Oh, yes. Are you hearing oh, yes. it? COVID's coming yeah. back. Yes. Let so me tell you, it'll be a totally different state this time, the way we deal with masks and stuff, I believe. And, uh, no, go ahead. So you, oh, well, no, I just think it's curious that every time, because uh, I've studied COVID quite a bit, and every time there's a um, election. Well, election, that's, yes. And, you nailed and, it. And, and then a new vaccine booster yeah. thing. Yeah, There's, absolutely. It, it, 
I refuse to get any more COVID shots. No, no more no. jabs for me. No. I'm done. No. I, I, the Democrats want to bring COVID back. They're trying. They're trying already. Best. They're and, and you said it as uh, because of yeah. the election and more government control. How many? How many? We lost a lot of freedoms last. COVID. Yes, we. Yes, we did. And guess what? And, our governor went along with it. Yeah. I don't believe our governor this time will go along with it. Is that. he the one that's going to be on the end of the stage tonight that nobody's even going to... I got to say, I have <laughs> I mean, to say one thing, I mean, all right, about this. Of course, we're getting together over on Kavanaugh at U.S. Pizza to watch the debate tonight. If you want to do that, go to the website for Americans for Prosperity, sign up for it. Remember, you can't wear any shirts that say you're for a candidate or whatever. That's not allowed. They'd... You know, the folks from uh, Americans for uh, Prosperity would get fined if they let you in. So we'll all just watch it, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. But I look at the front page of the frickin' paper today. All right, look. The governor, our, ex, our, our former governor, just barely made it onto the stage. I mean, he's going to be like, you know, the old the old. Uh, comedy routine staged left yeah uh, he's that's exactly where he's going hutchinson looks to break from, from the pack, pack. Oh he's my. advised to <laughs> highlight his experience at debate let's see how much he really gets to talk tonight yeah he's going to be so far over on the side that the moderators he's going to be you know I, waving his arms to try to get their attention when i saw that do me a favor who who wrote that article? Where did that come from? Was that from the AP or was that a Democrat staff? I will look. Because and, I, hold that, on. That, that, That's that, a good, good yeah. question. Alex Thomas. Yeah. Alex Thomas is with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Well, i got a question for Alex. How do you come up with that title, that headline for that article? He looks to break from the pack. He I hardly mean, even is in the he, pack. No. <laughs> no. The pack doesn't even know he exists. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I not, don't want to make world. a lot of fun. I don't want to make a lot of fun of of this. But when he said he wanted to run for president, I just kind of looked at everybody standing around me and I said, "Did he just say what I think yeah. he said?" Well, wait. You know, I remember you not talking about it. We're going to. Why? This makes no sense. Why? And you got you've got you got districts, Republican districts around the whole state. That are saying they won't support him if he runs for presidency. Does the word we apply to Joe Biden come to mind delusional? Yes. I mean. Maybe not quite as. Not quite as, but. Yeah, as far as that's concerned. Being president, yes. But he's like he's (laughs) on the road, though, right? I mean. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Okay. (laughs) I I got it. We got. We're chasing after the rabbit on that. That's just an easy. Easy target to yeah, go after. Let's uh, let, let's talk. Uh, Sometimes about you need an easy target. Yeah. Well, not today. We got too much information yeah. and too much uh, really serious stuff to talk about. And Susie, uh, some you've been dealing with the folks down uh, to the southeast of uh, Little Rock. Yes. And you've gotten letters from the school board president and all yes. kinds of stuff. What's going down? Well, let's see. Last time I was here, uh, the school district had a uh, had a threat that was curious, and I won't go into that because it's still maybe under an investigation. Um, Nobody's saying what it was all about Well, yet? I've got the police report, but it, too, is a curious thing, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give an update when I get more clarity. They did have a special school uh, called school board meeting last Thursday. It was not apparently about the threat, but the threat um, 
some uh, a school board member actually got it on the agenda. It's unclear what that special call meeting was about because um, you know they're very secretive. And so uh, I went to that, and uh, they're three, like the Illuminati or something. They are. I mean, I've really never seen a school board quite like this. So they called a special meeting, but they they didn't tell you why they called it. No, I don't know why. So what happened at the meeting? <laughs> I just go into these things blindly. So if I don't show up, you know, they've kidnapped me and hid me in that dungeon they talk about. Oh, yeah. um, no, um, I, I don't know what it was. It was I, they called it. I got a, a release about it. That it was not about the threat. A school board member put the threat on the agenda so parents could address the school board. Three parents did. They asked for more security, kind of clarification on the threat. The school board said they were going to go for some security trainings and that uh, they were sending out prayers. That's what they said. Okay. That was the meeting? That was basically the meeting. Three parents spoke, <laughs> worried about the worried about security, which is rightly so, you know, um, they don't have a clear backpack policy, so, you know, law schools do. They don't. Um, they said that they didn't think anything like this could happen in their community. We know you know, we know anything could happen in any community in America. So can that, we, they don't can have we a force field be, around there. Can we there, kind but, of read between the lines and say, did a student make some kind of a threat on Facebook or something towards the school system? Someone sent a photo that was old that they had already apparently dealt with, but it was resent out. And it, then it goes kind of curiously strange from there. Okay. I will say this threat came in, according to the police report, at 5.50 p.m., apparently. And there was a scrimmage game that night. And the scrimmage game continued. But the the um, the text message to parents went out at 10.40 p.m. So the scrimmage went on, even though this threat that no one knew at that point what it was, was over the school. But the, the scrimmage game went on. We don't know what the threat specific is in you know, we can't really get into it until you have the facts, right? Yeah. But we do know how the Sheridan PD, the county, and the school district responded and handled the threat. What's your assessment of that? I don't think the school handled it very well. Well, you said that they sent it out like at 10 o'clock, and they didn't send it out in the morning. Yeah, they sent it out at 1040, and it happened that afternoon after school. So it happened, you know... Someone alerted someone, someone alerted Dennis Emerson, the transportation director, that this had happened. And then they were all at the game at 550 when the police report is filed. And then um, they they did not send out, they did not issue this text message to parents till 1040. So on Wednesday, so a lot of parents are asleep. Last time I was on the radio, you know, a lot, a lot of parents didn't send their kids to school all no, last week. And we heard from some of those parents. And, you know, they, um, they didn't know what the threat was until that was on Wednesday until Thursday when I obtained the police report. Amazing. All right. And so we still don't know. The district has not acknowledged exactly what the threat was. Not exactly. It's on a text message. It's very curious. I'll send you all the police report. But it's, it's, a, it's not like your standard yeah. bomb threat or any. It's, so the parents really still don't know what. Not exactly. Wow. Weird. And That's over strange. a week ago. Yes. Right. And then yeah. they've got bus problems. And they've got um, traffic flow problems. And bus 51 is this mysterious bus that keeps being late or not showing up. And parents just got a text saying it's going to be late today. It was on time yesterday. All right, so, so 
Bring us up to date on everything else. I see. I I got to start it running around. So now let's get back on well, schedule, so to speak. Um, well, let's see what else. Well, the big news is I'm going to break here today. Is that um, I've started my own um, along with a partner um, news site called SouthArkansasReckoning.com. It's launched. We'll be doing event investigation pieces like the one I broke last week. On I the, team stuff. Exactly. Because there's a lot of, we, you know, there's just so much going on in South Arkansas, and media is not covering it. They're just not covering they're it. They're not covering much of anything. No. You know, it's, they're, um, it's, it's a very curious situation. I mean, there was no, that I could tell any media at the special, this is just an example, of the special school, uh, special call meeting last Thursday night. Although there had been a threat to the town, you know, to the school in this small town. I didn't just see kids. Any, just kids. Yeah. Um, and their slogan is "It's about the kids," so yeah. you think that somebody yeah, would. But, gotcha. but there's so so um, this website is launched southarkansasreckoning.com. Um, we've got a Facebook page. Um, it's in the very early stages, but there will be a lot of uh, document dumps, a lot of FOIA, standing up for FOIA. That's our mission. Um, holding school boards and governments, uh, local governments, accountable. Um, digging deep. With, with with some feature stories along the way of a city girl yeah. going country. So, now let yeah. me just say this. This <laughs> is the reason why I have Jimmy on and I have Susie on. They're like my I-team. That's what they are. They're my investigative team. I call them muckrakers, and that's a term of endearment, by the way. Don't think that I'm using that as a pejorative because i'm not no no all right they I, get out and I, they I, dig I, where other people are f- afraid to dig i love that title when you give that to oh me too you know. and they'll dig with their hands they don't need equipment okay they <laughs> they don't have enough money to buy equipment they, no. they go out and 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 do it the hard way with a lot of sweat and uh, well the yes the kids, what and here's what i want to tell folks out there that a lot of people have learned, and I'm not bragging when I say this about Susan myself, but the key is be to have, to be relentless but have patience and outweigh them. And have principle. Yes. Yes, I may say that the school board meeting went into executive session last week. I'm unclear. I can't, I can't accuse them of not saying why they went because I was, may not have been paying close attention at that moment. But I will say that they were in there for over an hour, and I waited them out. Um, and they almost froze me out of the of the uh, room. I don't know if that was on purpose or if they just have a really good air conditioning system, but it got colder as I waited. Show up with your park in it. That's right. But what they don't know is I once waited for Bill Clinton. I run on Bill Clinton time, so I have stamina. <laughs> I left that night just to see. You what had would ha- to if you followed Bill yes, Clinton. Yes, I waited in an airplane hangar one time in Helena, Arkansas, for over three hours in August sweating. I froze to death in hope covering Bill Clinton, waiting for him for three hours. So if they think they're going to freeze me out or burn me out, that's that's <laughs> not that's not going to work. I left, and then about seven minutes later, ten, they left. All right. So where are we? Where <laughs> they, are, they, they they came out the, of the building. Where Did, where are we at down there? Where I, mean, we, I don't you know, know. Where are you at as far as your coverage goes? Because don't, don't we have a letter? Or something you start you start covering something, and then immediately something else pops up. Yes, it's uh, it's yes. I have a letter. Last week, I wrote I read the letter um, that the school board president sent me, um, telling me that they wanted positive news, not negative news. Basically, like they said, shut up, Susie. That's right. So people asked me, did you respond back? And I said, well, of course I did. If you know me, 
I either respond, and if I don't respond, it means I have zero to say to you, goodbye. But I'm, that's not the case with the Sheridan yeah. School Board, as you all know. So I'm not near saying goodbye to them yet. So I'm going to read the letter. I don't know how much time we have before a break. Listed in the email I sent last night. Um, now that was on Saturday night when I sent my questions to him, to the whole school board. If you recall, sir, in the April 2023 work session with the Sheridan School District's attorney, you referenced selling roofing products and the need to disclose it. I'm paraphrasing here. I have the audio from Mr. Mayberry. That led me down the path of investigating roofing projects at the school. Glenn Strong Sr. also has talked frequently to me about Roof Connect and its lucrative business with the school. Additionally, you and Jody Spann, he was the former um, school board president, uh, met with, and he's still on the school board, met with Mr. Strong and school administration on May 19th. That meeting with a printed agenda that I have for Mr. Mayberry shows business was conducted regarding Dennis Emerson's role in bus discipline. That constitutes a meeting where media should have been notified. Furthermore, financial records should be readily available for the public and media to scrutinize at any time. That said, I do not have a complete accounting of the transactions between the Sheridan School District and Roof Connect. I do now. I may, I may add that. I do not have signed contracts. I do not have all invoices. I do not have all canceled checks. I do not have electronic transfers. I do not have project start and end dates. I do not have material list and warranties. I do have, and then I go on, I won't read all of this on the air, but I do have, I go on to say I do have some of the, some of the attachments. And I say I've waited for over a month for this information. My original request was on July 4th. Once again, was for all documents related to Roof Connect and other entities associated with construction, roofing, and obvious capital improvement projects. I say, sir, I'm an award-winning investigative journalist, not a propaganda reporter. My stories are neither negative or positive. They are based on solid facts, which I am trying to gather under the Freedom of Information Act. I also threw this in there. I said, at this time, I'm making a standing request under the Freedom, Arkansas Freedom of Information Act that all documents related to Jared Williams, that's the former superintendent who's now at the Cleveland County School District, and any transaction with the Sheridan School District and any other entity by him be preserved for future viewing for all years. Additionally, since you mention it, I have a new request. Please send all documents related to any donations to the school connected to the entities you mentioned below and specific ways the students have, quote, reaped the benefits of their generosity. I appreciate your response to my email and look forward to receiving the documents. I received the document dump. I have yet to find out how the these businesses he mentioned, as he calls them patrons, um, have helped the school. Into a letter uh, that uh, Susie got from the superintendent. No. It- no? President, school board oh, president. School, school board president over at the Sheridan School District. Now we move from that to what happened next. Well, after that, um, the uh, superintendent did message me and uh, say that she, happy Monday, that she was there trying to get my FOIA from five weeks earlier, whatever, a month earlier together. Um, last Monday they dumped um, like a week and a half ago um, – hundreds of pages of documents that I'm still culling through. Um, they seem to be getting a little speedier on their uh, FOIA requests, so maybe that that's going. Um, I did send some questions when uh, at the special call school board meeting, the mysterious one last Thursday night. They um, they they told parents and, and I guess anyone in the audience, including me, if you have any questions, let us know. So they went into executive session. I sent five questions to them while they were in executive session, uh, and I'm still waiting for um, those to be answered about the threat and and what happened. Okay. 
No, did so, you, you answered their letter, though. Is that right? I did Jeff Lisenby's email, yes. But okay. they are no longer, I guess, truly corresponding, answering questions unless I send in a FOIA request. <laughs> well, what's, what's <laughs> funny is you ask simple questions, and when they're to the point that they said, well, we're not going to answer your questions. And let's be clear. FOIA does not require them to answer a question. Exactly. But when you ask just simple questions as a citizen, as a patron of the school district, okay, then, you know, you would think you would get an answer. So if they're to the point that they're just saying, hey, we're not going to answer your questions, well, that's very telling. Well, yes, because, you know, if they had no comment or they said it's still an investigation, we can't, you know, we can't answer it. Um, They're just, I guess, um, I'm trying to see... um, I mean, when you yes, say, hey, like, can you guys provide me a statement, and yes, they don't do it, I mean. I sent it to the superintendent, the CFO, uh, Andy Mayberry, the communications director, the entire school board, um, and you guys. And I've yet to receive um, anything. And the questions were very, I mean, they were questions that if you said in that meeting, you would you would have had them, you know. And a parents didn't, like, for instance, like I said at the, at the top of all of this, um, if there was a threat to the school at 5.50 p.m., was there a threat to the scrimmage game occurring at the same time? That, to me, seems like a legitimate question. I mean, why did they... Legitimate, fair, and, yes, and, a, good, and people, a good question. Were those... Thank you. Were those people... At that point, you didn't know what the... It was It was a threat, or did they know that it wasn't really a threat? Right. It's very curious. Um and um, I asked, what is your communications policy to parents in case of a threat and an emergency? Because a lot of people didn't get the text message. A lot of people, they didn't put it on their Facebook page. I mean, how do you communicate a threat to parents? How do they, will they get a alert? Did they, I don't. Did they answer that one? No, they have not answered any of these. So Waiting. you asked, hey, what's the policy for yeah. this? And they wouldn't answer. Yeah. So the next step is to send a you for the policy. That's right. And then and why that, yeah. doesn't the school already have a clear backpack policy when many schools do? I just wonder. A lot of schools have them. On the policy, because of the way the law is now, thanks to Joey McCutcheon, uh, that if you request that policy and they don't have one, then they have to respond and say, we have no records responsive. Or if they do have the policy, they got to give it to you. Right. So that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. They whine about FOIAs, but they would save themselves so much time on FOIAs that they would just answer some questions. I know. Right? Yes, and put stuff on. And, and I, I will give Sheridan um, a little shout-out, like, good job kind of thing for putting um, – uh, state required information on their website because when you get down into the the thickets of South Arkansas, it's tiny tiny schools. A lot of their update, a lot of stuff hasn't been updated since right. like 2020, 2021. So then, what what's going to happen? You're going to have to FOIA basic information that if That's you knew crazy. What, that that is well, crazy. it's our argument. We tighten. We're not. I'm not going down another subject, but it's what we talk about, Dave. You know, to to alleviate. Stress on government of four years, just put it online. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would make the biggest and that maybe update sense in the world. Yeah, because yeah, I know this is state required. Because one of my FOIAs, I actually gave Andy Mayberry a little leeway because he said I have to get all the state required information on the website. Totally understand that. Yeah. You know, you got a deadline. So if they have that deadline, why doesn't all these other schools have? I mean, what? Yeah, how I, are they falling through the cracks yeah. of you know? So that's yeah. a, a curious question. I also asked that in this same email about the threat you know who made the decision to send the text at 10 40 p.m 
Because a lot of people, you know, they go to bed. And I, have, I, know, I have no idea. Because I'm going to talk about it after we talk to Senator King when we try to wrap up the show. Because I've got a full, I've got a deal where it really frustrated the North Lawrence School District and their attorney. And I'll tell you how you get around that. When you say, hey, who made the decision? Yeah. And they won't answer that question. Okay, well, all right, let's do this. Here's what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to for you the employee contract of the person who made the decision. Yes. And they say, well, we're we're not answering questions. I didn't ask you the question. I asked for the employee contract. Right. So that's a – if they don't want to – You see what's coming. They they can see it. See it. So – Dave and I talked earlier. There's one for you I did to North Lorock that I, before we go off show, I'm going to talk about that kind of goes into that. Wouldn't it just be a lot easier and simpler just to answer the question? Wouldn't it just look like you're not hiding anything if you yeah. just provided answers and documents? Yeah. Well, the problem it's, it's, is they don't need, they think they don't need to answer any information yeah. to you. It's none of our business, right? That's right. I mean, I, I started understanding the problem. When it became very, very, very clear that teachers and administrators didn't even want parents in classroom. No. No. I mean, it, you, that used to be a, a no-brainer. You could walk into the school, check in with the office, of course, and go to whatever mm-hmm. classroom your child was in. You can't do no. that anymore. Dave, you brought it up. I brought it up. I'm sure Susie has in things, but one of the while COVID was a pain, one of the best things that happened from COVID is parents understanding what's actually happening in schools because the kids were virtual learning from home and on the computer, and you could see what was going on that mm-hmm. you didn't know was going on. And it woke a lot of people up. I mean, like, whoa, coming up, saying, but you know, it did. I mean, a lot of parents just thought. They're sending their kids to school. It's like it was when I went to school. Everything's, you know, kosher, cool, whatever. And then that kind of woke up a lot of people to say, wait a minute. What's going on? What are you teaching my kids? Yeah. Wait, you're going to make them wear a mask? You're going to make them get vaccinated? What's going on? I mean, you know, it, it kind of it it revolved just, around that. But it spun out into other areas of the of the public school system. And to your point, Dave, and I've said it <clears throat> hundreds of times, Government agencies are to a point that they think that when you ask them a question or for records, they literally feel like it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. They feel like that it doesn't belong to you, and you know that's how they, not true. You know how they act? They act like you are asking documents at a private school Yeah, when it's not a private yeah. school, when it's taxpayer yeah, money at a public sector, school. But yeah, no. They, but they literally have this thing like almost like, how dare you? Yes. Why do you want it? Yes. You know, that kind Why of do you want it? Yeah. You know, and what are you looking for? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just want to see where my money's going. There was a lady that worked in the Lona County Clerk's Office. I went down to pick up uh, some thumb drives on the FOI. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she's fine. She's nice. But, you know, she was sitting there, and she had the, the thumb drives at the desk, and I was getting them from And uh, she said, you know, you've asked for this, this, and this. And I said, yeah. And she said, I just don't see the point. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was very nice, but I looked at her and said, you don't have to. That's right. Because you don't have to see the point. It's, if I want the information, it's my information. Yeah. Just well, absolutely. and that's like uh, the school board president, Jeff Lisenby, assumed that I, I mean, he assumed I was looking for something and there was something there when I may have just been looking. So now, you know, when he sends you an email saying, just positive stories i'm like how did you know it was negative yeah i do <laughs> I mean, the west memphis police chief i've seen him at foi 
back about a month ago investigation, and he got and he said, "Listen," I, and he sent me an email. And this way, he said, "He said, listen, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fulfill your request, but if you're gonna send more for your request, you're gonna need to get, tell me now and what you're gonna ask for, and then I'm gonna have to charge you for fulfilling these for you." No, you don't, and no, we can't. No. And then I had to explain <laughs> the law to the chief. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, is, it amazes me. And that's one thing that I think that the legislature, they uh, they voted down a piece of legislation, and I'd like to see them bring it back up in 2025, and that is a training period that is uh, held for every county and quorum court official that wants to come and be taught What's the ins and outs yeah. of the FOIA Act and, mm-hmm. you know, what you need to do and what you don't need to do and, and all of that. I think that that just makes sense. Uh, Joey McCutcheon, our good friend mm-hmm. out of Fort Smith, worked with Senator Alan Clark and put that bill out there. And we were all just stunned that it didn't make it to the, the, the Senate uh, Senate floor. Here, here, Here's what happened. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many people spoke against it. All I know is that nothing ever happened to it. We had people there, a lot of people that spoke for it. My recollection is there was no one who spoke against it. But Senator John Payton out of Cleburne County in Pangburn, he pushed back on it when you know uh, he was on that committee, and he really and took why? Issue here again you're sitting there looking this is a no-brainer and he was just making argument after argument well we couldn't even get it out of committee yeah see that that (laughs) there's something there that somebody doesn't like you know it's it's some some group Mm -hmm. that you know uh takes care of the municipal league arkansas association of counties arkansas school board association we need to find out who that is so that we can figure out how to get around. We, it. Yeah, we we can talk about all those associations because I did the homework on them. They're they're all run by politicians or bureaucrats. How about if I get Alan Clark on? He'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> Alan and Alan and Joey would be great because I ran into him. I ran into him uh, Saturday, and I said, "You ready to come back on?" He says, "I'm always ready to come on." Yeah, I would love to because that was a no brainer. That bill. yeah, I, I mean, uh, information that's going to help those folks do their jobs this makes sense to me it just makes sense all right so let's talk about this election that's supposed to be coming up in november sometime it'll be decided i guess on september 5th as i've read this article on this one percent tax increase that is this the second or the third time that second time the first one he did which was pre-election was destroyed miserably yeah it was destroyed okay so he went over to uh, District 7 for Brenda Wyrick, uh, her district. Yeah. We're going to see if she won't come on next week. Affectionately called BJ. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, the director over there. And uh, here's what she said about the mayor coming over. She said, the people of district seem to say that they wanted things, quote, in my backyard as opposed to spending in other areas. The turnout was wide across Ward 7, so I'm pleased about that. I'm getting more infrastructure requests, so I make notes. Basically, it's more about the devil and the details as opposed to not really knowing what this will do. I don't understand why the mayor 
said that there will be a lot of specifics once the ward says good to go. I got to know what the details are myself. And then she went on to say this, quote, everyone likes shiny new things, but then we have these other things we have to maintain and take care of. Southwest Little Rock was annexed in the early 80s. We're still waiting on our sidewalks. We're still waiting on our ditches. We're still waiting on asphalt, drainage issues, ditches being cleaned out. We've got $29 million on the list, but I'm not even sure if our area is in that. So she's, she's stating the obvious here. Why should we vote another tax on ourselves if you haven't done what you're supposed to do with the money up to this point? Not and the only, mayor is not answering that question. No, not only that, but what he's also saying is he's not answering that question, but it, what he's literally saying to the people is, Trust me. Hey, vote it in, and then we'll let you know. What trust we're me. Have. Just trust yes, me. That board's a blank check, right? Well, I can go back to the Sheridan School District and their millage, and, I, you know, what, seven years later after that, we're still dealing yeah. with uncovering stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I, I would be like um, – Mayor Scott is um, he, if if you've already got the money, you haven't cleaned up Southwest Little Rock. In fact, you know I moved from here, but I personally think since I left in 2021, every time I come in here into Little Rock, I think what is happening to the city that I lived in for 30 years. Well, if you do, and, and BJ's right, BJ mm-hmm. Rock's right, and I, and I don't live in Little Rock, but if you go to Southwest Little Rock, you've seen no improvements from when I was when I was yeah. 20 years old yeah and i'm 61 and you've seen no improvements over there Mm-mm. well we'll get we'll get bj on and talk to her about all of this but again this comes down to politicians going back 20 30 years mm-hmm. who have promised things and not delivered why should the people tax themselves more to give them more money and you, you've already gave you how many, over 30 years, how much tax money have you given to them that they haven't done squat for you? He may have the Democrat, he may have the demographic and the numbers to keep him as mayor, but he doesn't have the demographic and numbers to raise sales tax. As uh, today, uh, dealing with the um, AG wanting to. Sounds like consolidate all the gun laws, talk about them, and make sure that we can get all of the, the, the patchwork quilt that has been built over the years, since about 2010 uh, to now, and get that ironed out and get it straightened out so we know what's going on. And uh, Yeah, which is good, but you let's just say never well, trust here's the key. Okay? Well, here's the key. <laughs> It always is an important thing to remember. Whenever they write laws up, sometimes they don't write them as clear as they should, and there's unintended consequences. Right, and then, of course, they write it in a certain way where there are intended consequences. And that's what we got to watch on this. I I, I understand the thought process and the thing to do with it, which I think is good. But we got we got to see how the sausage well, is keep made. It, well, we got to keep yeah. uh, keep on top of it. Make sure it's all being done. Senator uh, Brian King joins us by phone now. Uh, he's he's on a committee that's looking into this whole thing about getting the gun laws straightened out. And Brian, you're you're well aware of this. 
that the reason that we're the way we are as far as gun laws go is because the Democrats and a few Republicans who are anti-gunners, and we've got a patchwork of uh, of, uh, of gun laws across this state that uh, make things very difficult to figure out what is and what isn't that's going on out there. Now, you, you went a long way of, of getting a, a piece of legislation passed that says you can carry, you know, a... A, a concealed weapon, and you don't have to have a license. Congratulations on that. That was a great pass. But we have like a million gun laws, and we would like to all know exactly what is what is and what is it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I've noticed one thing, Dave, down there. You better watch <laughs> out. I mean, anytime politicians are wanting to get into this thing and say, "I want to clarify this or do it," you know what? I mean. We'll know more later, but, uh, you know, the, the reason we're in this mess is because of the mess they've been. I mean, just like that enhanced carry garbage thing they passed. I mean, the same, you know, so it's like, you know, do we, we, you know, we need to be, we need to be untied knots. I mean, you know, you know, every time these knots have been tied over here, but I will say this, you know, we're clarifying things. I mean, you know, we're working through things. We work through things one at a time. What I don't want to happened is it's like that enhanced theory garbage bill that got passed where yeah you're 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 gaining something here but we're tying up two other three things here and you know we need to we need to very simply look one issue at a time and then tackle that don't you know don't go into these ominous bills don't go into these great sounding things like enhanced theory and, you know, make it sound all great that just leads you into a door that, you, you know, it's going to cut you in a bigger web. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's concerning to me uh, that, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, we, we mentioned this, and you may have heard the last part of it as we were talking about it. When you start writing laws, uh, even with the best intentions, you got to make sure that you get it right, Correct. Oh, that's exactly right. You know, that was one reason we did the law, just to clarify what was the verbal. You know, they only did a verbal resolution two years ago. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I mean, why just do a verbal thing? Well, that's because you got some that are squishy and some, like, I don't know. And then you've got the ones that are really, really, they're against this stuff, but they can't be for it in a campaign. And it's better to look at one issue at a time. And, you know, these great sounding names, let me just tell you, the better the sounding name down there, the more it's going to screw you over. I mean, it's most generally. And, you know, Hans Perry, I keep bringing that up. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sandy Brown, you know, we need to, you know, when you make things, laws and stuff more complicated, and here's the other thing we're getting into. Once you put a law in, it's two and a half years before you can get it changed back. That's right. Yeah, that's that's really that's really true because what you guys are talking about right now, you're not going to be dealing with it as far as legislation until 2025. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and if you pass it in 2025, it's the mid, you know, summer of 2027 before you can look at repealing it or doing it and all the work that has to be done. But so I'm just, you know, we'll just watch this stuff and everything. I will say this. This is one thing I've been very adamant about. And it's Republicans doing it up there. 
It's this thing of making it harder for students to get initiatives on the ballot. Our last backstop of any republic, and what our founding fathers said, is a petition process that can get something on the ballot and either challenge what the politicians are doing or make their politicians do something they won't do. I mean, Dave, it took me 12 years to pass a photo ID bill up there. I mean, we started back in 2007. So, you know, I mean, I just look at this as like these rocks and everything like that. Our biggest resting point that we should be, is not the politicians up there, is more with the people. I feel like with the people. And so, you know, maybe we need to look at a citizen's initiative drive to, to correct everything and be a backstop. And that's why we don't need to be making it harder for citizens to get it on the ballot. You know, sometimes there may be things getting on the ballot we don't like, but you know, there's no vote against it. But I'm concerned about it, to be honest with you, with the past history of the legislature up there, uh, you know, passing great sounding title bills that, that really are worse when they get done with it. Yes, Senator, and I really do appreciate the legislation you got through into law on the concealed carry, and I agree with you on the enhanced care from that perspective. And when we're looking at the Attorney General, Tim Griffin, getting involved, if you if what citizens have seen with him getting involved in legislation with his four-year work group, now here we go, he wants to get involved in the Second Amendment and create a group of his choosing to, uh, to advise legislators and stuff. There's a lot of concern there that our Second Amendment rights could end up being actually limited in this. And so can you give some perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, they 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 can have their groups or whatever, and you know, people can have. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about that so much because the thing that it is, whatever it has to do is pass the legislature. But that's why I keep saying that the citizens need to have the best backstop of, of trying to correct any bad policy or legislation and stuff out there. That's where I'm getting more confident in that, that we need to be able to go to the citizens to do things because we've seen things that the legislature, but you know, it's him picking a group and doing this or that, like, that, that's just kind of part of the process. I, I do worry about is what's getting cooked up, because what happens is, it's like serving you dinner. You know, you don't know what's for dinner. You're over at somebody else's house, and they're going to fix you and throw it down in front of you. And, uh, you know, and, and like I said, in past campaigns, this is a real sticking point for me, is because they had, you know, like I said, they had these great-sounding names and titles. And in the end, we wound up losing freedoms out of it. Mm-hmm. But then in a campaign, you know, they'll hit you with, you were like I got hit with, even though I was more Second Amendment than anybody, uh, and opposed me and Linda Collins, we got hit with being anti-Second Amendment by some stupid title bill that was concocted in a scheme and actually was worse in the long run. And, and, you know, actually, you know, had more restrictions on our freedom that we shouldn't have had to have. Let me jump in and uh, say that uh, there's lawsuits pending all across the state about gun laws. For instance, Robert Steinbach yep. has one against Arkansas Game and Fish at, May, at the Mayflower firing, firing Range where you're told that you can't, <laughs> you can't uh, carry a firearm. Uh, at the fire range, you got another one. Chris Corbett's got going, one yep. going on against the Pulaski County Courts, where they they won't let the the, the lawyers who are p- 
Department of the court system uh, carry a you know a firearm with them. This if if this is done right, do you think that this will help stop those types of lawsuits having to be brought to uh, you know to make sure that our rights are are held? No, I don't know. I mean, you know, every time you make a law, you have a lawsuit over the bill we just passed. I mean, you know, that's what the, uh, you know, Gary Epperson and, and Tim and those guys did a pretty good job of keeping educating citizens and staying on topic and on track. And, you know, finally got it through to them that this isn't as scary and bad as everybody tried to make it out to be. And it actually got, you know, many officers still got held up in court. So the only thing is... Once again, do you trust the the politicians? Do you trust the court, or do you trust the people? And more times than not, I think the people. And that's where I think that we've got to be diligent in looking at the people aspect of this to try and say, you know, guess what? You know, we may need the citizens to step up and say something. I mean, I I think a lot of times when you get these issues out there and you're able to explain to them, as I did in the campaigns when I got hit, they went, well, yeah, that makes sense. And so we were able to educate citizens and know what's going on out there. Uh, so anyway, uh, but, I, you know, it's one of the things is we'll just see. But, I, you know, like I said, what's the situation? And I, I, I look at it more of like, let's look at these things as like this enhanced carry garbage deal. You know, what about, you know, how do we untie that knot? That's how you simplify things. Uh, you don't simplify them by putting more in. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we appreciate your time, uh, Brian, uh, here on this uh, subject. I'll be talking to you in the future about this because it's going to be an ongoing process. And as we go along every step of the way, we'll talk to you, talk to State Senator Rice and Marlowe and uh, the AG and uh, see where we're going on this. We appreciate your time today. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Senator uh, State Senator Brian King here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's something that we're, we know that it's out there now. We know that this animal's out there prowling about. Now we got to keep our eye on the animal and make sure it does what it's supposed to do. Well, and I really sure like his, I really like what Senator King said because he kept going back to the people. Well, the, there's got to be all kind. There's got to be public comment on yes. anything they want to do here. You know, but I think he, what he's saying is, say, look, we can listen to uh, the Attorney General's working group. We can listen to the government agencies and their opinion, but who we really need to listen to is the people. Yeah, but here's the key, and, and I'll make this point. For the most part, I'm all about listening to the people, except for the people that are out there who have an axe to grind, and they have power that they're trying to maintain. I, I, I get that. But I, I mean, there's some people that are out there, there are, that are that muddy the water. There are, but I, but I think because of the First Amendment and the way this country is founded on you, as much as I can't stand that. Oh, we I'm gotta, not saying yeah. that we shouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm just saying we need to be aware that there are some people that are going to say things like, "Well, yeah, that's what that says," but you know, it it, it might be this too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and but I think I think that's where people. I think some, sometimes government and in those type of factions sell the citizens short on what on what they understand and what they don't. You know, we had that same down Bethlehem Church Road. You know, um, 
you know, the, we, at a young age, we learned that roses smell good and manure doesn't. And I think people can see through all that. And where government's got to do the job is take the people's input and and listen to the people and do what the people want. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, right. yeah, I want to tell you, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just know. I just know that there's some people that are on the. Uh, they say they're on the pro Second Amendment side. Sure. That have caused all kinds of problems. They were worse than the Democrats were on on gun things because things weren't exactly as they wanted them. I, I agree, and uh, it goes, <clears throat> and I know exactly what you're talking about, and I agree with that. There's some people that put on a Second Amendment mask that are actually detrimental to Second Amendment. Yes, they are. Same thing on transparency. There are people put on a transparency and say, hey, I support transparency. We they're that. detrimental to transparency. Well, they're detrimental. <laughs> Here's what it is. They say, I'm all about FOIA, but I was put on this committee by X, Y, or Z, yeah. and I want to make sure that this doesn't hurt them any at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I get, that's exactly it. And I think that's Senator King's part point. That I think he did a good job of saying it. Say, look, you, we can have input from all these special interest groups, from government agencies, from the attorney general's working group. State police just stay out of it. Yeah, they are the state police, <laughs> and you know how most, support law the enforcement. Most, they okay? were one of the most un, uh, most yeah. anti Second, Second Amendment, Amendment people yeah. I've ever met. Uh, and I think I think and I and don't get me wrong I love my state troopers and I stand me up too. for them I fight for them but I think when you go to work with state police they send you to a school where they just ingrain some things into you where you know and so the state even a lot of the troopers out there you know are, are don't want Second Amendment rights that we consider like open carry I got in a deal when open carry came oh up. my god I open carried in there in North Little Rock where I was working because of the area not because I liked open carry I'd had two attempted armed robbers remember the guy me. that had the problem in Cabot yeah at the Walmart mm-hmm. yeah. and and so uh, somebody calls in in three NLRPT patrol vehicles pull up and one of them was sergeant I'm not going to name him but they were real nice and everything said well you, you can't carry like it yes I can the law says I can. And uh, and they weren't very happy about it, but I had to explain to them the law that I can do that. And the and it's not that I like going open carry, but I'd had two attempted armed robberies right. down me down there. Understood. So when I started going open carry down there, everybody left me alone. Yeah. Oh, he's got a gun. He won't be. He's not easy. Well, they picking. saw it. <laughs> yeah, they're not. E- he's not easy picking. All right. Back with you. We got about two minutes left. Here before we get to the news at the bottom of the hour. So we'll pick up on this story when we come back. And that's about what happened at the Saline County Quorum Court meeting the other night, where the Quorum Court now has taken back control of uh, the library. In other words, they'll make the decision of who runs the library and who are members of the library board and all of that. They're going to they're gonna do that. Now, I've heard Somebody, you know, a little bird called me and tweeted in my ear saying that uh, uh, the judge evidently is going to put somebody on the school, the library board down there in Saline County people don't like because they're liberal. Uh, you got a you got a very conservative uh, group of people that live in the, the Bryant and Benton area. You should be making sure that the people that are going to run your library should you know, reflect 
what the belief system is of the people who live in that area. Yeah, they're they're getting paid with tax dollars. Yeah, you know, as, as far as that goes, that's a on. really good thing that that they passed that, and uh, because the reality is, when you look back at it, this is long overdue. Not just be, this issue brought it to light, but that sh- it should have never been that way in other counties that do it. The quorum court they should always yes. have the final say. Yes, they're the elected officials. Yes, and uh, because it, at that point, the way it was set up. It took the decision out of the people's representatives. Out of their hands. Yeah. Totally. Left it in the hands of a bureaucracy. And, uh, and that's and never good. Know, everybody <laughs> should know how I feel about bureaucracies, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, governmental agencies. For instance, uh, you know, our federal government giving up, uh, you know, everything that we do as far as education to the Department of Education and the only reason that they do that is so that they are not on the record voting for or against bills that they shouldn't vote yeah. for. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, it's been a good show today, man. We've covered a lot of area today, a lot of local stories, a lot of state stories, you know. I mean, we've dug down and gotten you just about everything that you want. Uh, I have tried – I'm trying to get the Celine uh, – County Quorum Court Judge on Brumley, uh, he's he's being a little cantankerous about coming on and talking. I don't know why. I've been firmly on his side this whole uh, whole discussion going on about the county uh, library. Unless it's he he figures if he's not on talking, he's not giving the other side something to shoot at him for. The, the people want to hear. Well, and this, is a, this is a serious topic that's on everybody's mind down there. And so, and, I mean, there's media's covering it, everything. He should, st- he should step up to the microphone. He's the, he's the county judge. Now, with that said, let me, let me and I'm, we talked a little bit about this earlier, Jimmy. Let's get Susie into the conversation here. Oh, no. No, no. It, 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 I think it's it's worthy of discussion, and that is these little groups that we have in the state. I mean, teachers unions, and you know, uh, this thing about the the black uh, information that certain people want taught in the schools and, and all the rest. And the government, the governor, says no. This, the head of the Department of Education says no. The state legislature says no. And they said, we don't care what you say. We're going to teach it anyway. This, this is a problem for me at that point. You know, that's got, it's got to be decided. It's, it's like Northwest Arkansas. You know, they tend, to treat, they tend to treat the rest of the state like we're a bunch of bumpkins, mm-hmm. especially right. Fayetteville. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Yeah. What's yeah. that? Okay, they teach us. They train. They they want to teach us like we're we're bumpkins or whatever, and they want to do whatever the hell they want to do up there. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, push has got to come to shove on this, and you got to understand that the state laws supersede the city laws at that point. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were going way off the rails up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Some somebody's got to be made accountable. A, a, well, not accountable. You got you got to you're going to have to pick somebody, and they're going to have to be the one that becomes the goat that takes the beating, <laughs> so to speak. 
You know, you got to make it, make set it sure that everybody, uh, yeah, set the example. I mean, that happened in my house even. You know, if the oldest son got spanked, me, I was the youngest. I ain't up. doing that. You tightened up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, you, yeah. t- you tightened up, right? You j- yeah. you can't have 60 chiefs. I think that's uh, – and Susie jump in there on the, on, the, on the issue as far as, you know, uh, the accountability and stuff. That's what we're trying to accomplish at North Little Rock. I mean – Well, yeah, and, you know, I just have a um, – we can go on and on about that, but I, I just have a problem with, like – the the kids not being even taught the basics yeah i mean we go into whatever history kind of thing but if they're not even learning the basics like we've talked about the what you go to school to get if writing if nothing more maybe during the course of when they do history or something yes they have to show that that 30 minute segment from uh you know abc school of rock about how is a bill made that would be important to know. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the maybe ba- we yes. do that well, stuff. Yes. I, I think it's it gets back to I what mean, you're talking about is when, when you clearly have guidelines, you have executive orders from the government, you have state laws, and then you have government agencies, not just school districts, but government agencies. Bureaucrats. Yeah. Just saying, no, we're not going to follow them. Frank Scott being an example. He, he yeah. was that way, too. No, we're just not going to follow them. What are you going to do about it? Well, you take them to court and you punish them. That's what. That's the, the only thing you can the do. The problem we run into, though, is like in education, a lot of local government, mm-hmm. there are laws that they have to follow. But if they break them, there is no penalty yeah. for breaking that well, law. That's right. true, too. Or they end up going in front of a, George, uh, a judge here in Pulaski County that's so liberal He's going to, he's going to, he's gonna, or, yeah. or you go in South Arkansas in front of one and they're your, you know, golfing buddy. Yeah. Or what about, let's I mean, take. In these small towns. And I don't want to just stay on education, so let's look at the Arkansas Ethics uh, Commission, okay? There are ethics laws, and so when politicians and government bureaucrats and public officials break those, okay, you go to the Ethics Commission. Well, guess what? You know, nine times out of ten, what the Ethics Commission is going to do is send them a letter, hey, you broke the law, mm-hmm. and here's a fine of $100. Or <laughs> so. you go in front of the Ethics Committee, and somebody else had just gone in, in front of them, and nothing happened to them. You do something less than what those mm-hmm. people did, and they want to they want to take away your birthday. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so there's there, there, you're right, and that's the problem. And that's why I keep going back to North Little Rock, but it's bigger than North Little Rock. It's about it's about government. Okay, are you going to hold government accountable when they don't follow the laws, when they don't follow the rules? That's why this case with North Little Rock is so important in education. But there are other cases that, that go to city government and county government mm-hmm. that you've got to push, okay? When, when Frank Scott literally... When the prosecutor, at, uh, Larry Jagley, told, sent Frank's got a letter over for you, which was on account of me, and we mm-hmm. talked about it extensively back then, saying, hey, you know, this is, this is uh, unconscionable. Mm-hmm. He said that in his letter. You know, you're going to have to follow the law, and if you don't, then I'm going to prosecute you. Yep. And you know yeah. what Frank Scott said? Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Flipped him the bird. And you know what happened? You know what Larry Jagley did? Nothing. That's the yeah, problem. That's, that's the, the problem. Right. Now, Larry's it's, out now. We've got a, a new Will prospect. Jones, right. Will Jones is in there, but uh, you know, I, I don't know whether it was just Larry didn't think that it was worth giving himself that 
at the end of his career or what? Larry put that letter out, and it's a case I brought to the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And he put that letter out. It was in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the TVs. Everybody covered it. It was a big, huge statement. Everybody across the state mm-hmm. was talking about the statement Larry Jigley made, how unconscionable that was. And if the mayor didn't start filing for you, he was going to prosecute him. And it was a big deal, and the mayor literally... Yeah, flipped him yeah, yeah. And then nothing. Told him to go get effed. Yeah. <laughs> so, and exactly see, and right. that just really keeps, you know, watering down the foyer and all, you know, just if keeps you're not going. Hold go, anybody that's right. That's right. Who's got, yes. And so when, so when bureaucrats break state laws and policy and education or city government or county government, then there's no recourse. And, and, if, you, and if there is recourse, then the people in charge of doing it, I'll give you an example, Lono County uh, Prosecutor Chuck Graham. I mean, there was issues with the county judge that the investigation brought to him that was cut and dried uh, on uh, on, on uh, double paying in, in financial crimes that were against state law, Title V laws. Did anything happen? Yeah. No. Chuck Graham sent him a letter and said, <laughs> well, I don't find enough evidence to prosecute well, <laughs> and that's a prosecutor's right. I'm going to tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, they have discretion. Yeah, yeah. they have discretion. So, Those yeah. guys are my friends, so I'm not prosecuting. Yeah, yeah that's basically <laughs> that is. He, he basically I'm not saying that was the case here. I'm just saying some I mean, prosecutors think that way. And and I mean, it was the county judge, and he just basically said. I'm not prosecuting the county judge, even though he broke Title Five felony laws. And so basically, we're so. just like in the Wild West. Yeah. And but until, minus the second amendment, and until and that's where the that's where it's a problem with the citizens on getting accountability, because unless unless you're going to provide teeth in the law and you're going to say and that's where the legislature's got to come in and say look if you violate if you violate uh, the city government if you violate this state law pertaining to this you know first time misdemeanor second time a felony. And, and and if they write in legislation, a prosecutor will do this, this, and this. And if the prosecutor doesn't, then you have recourse against the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. That's where the state legislature is going. Of course, the hardest thing in the world to do is get to politicians to write laws against politicians. That holds them yes. accountable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. Finish it up today. We'll take our break. And when we come back, uh, a question about the Learns Act that's out there. We're going to try to get uh, Secretary Oliva on next week to come in and talk about this. I will, I will uh, give them a call today or send them a, a text and, and ask him to make himself available. I hope he'll come into the studio. If not, we'll get him on the phone uh, dealing with, uh, you know, the money is going to the, to the uh, families. What if... The, per, the, th- the person or group that is going to offer these services of like reading or whatever uh, to the family is an out-of-state entity. All right, one more thing uh, I want to get uh, cleared up real quick before we talk about this Learns Act thing. Sawmill Road. Yes, I hung out on Sawmill Road yesterday in the hot sun. Um, That's right in Sheridan, across, right? It's in Saline County. Saline County. East End Sheridan School District, okay, where they have a major traffic problem um, and a speeding problem, and they can't seem to get any attention. Um, They've got the the road is very very uh, narrow. 
ditches kids get out of school they walk in the ditches and then on sunday morning this happened to a house in front of the school um y'all can't see it on air but it's a car overturned that was speeding on sawmill road um early sunday morning and that makes me wonder you know with the speeding problem against a house that's right it flipped and the school is right across the street and it makes me wonder if that had happened in early on a monday morning when kids kids are that's right how many kids would have that's right so um so what are they asking what are the 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 residents asking for well they're they're asking for uh the problem is the traffic flow that goes into the pickup um, drop-off pickup line so they want they want better crosswalks like where you can actually see the paint i mean that would help they've got signs saying you're coming into a school zone but as you come into it you're not really sure you're in that zone till you're literally in no it. flashing lights there's anything? some flashing yes they do have the okay. the flashing lights but you're you're pretty much in that zone when you see those flashing lights and um, tractors go down it ups trucks i mean it's all it's it's chaotic traffic but they could make a roundabout because they do have a, a wooded path that they could clear to make a more circular you know yeah to, to alleviate traffic because at times this traffic is going all the way onto arch that's going both into pulaski county and going on into well onto 167 going into the into sheridan you know there at east end yeah and so um it's something that has been on the school board's agenda um our radar i should say um for over three years so just sending it out like if you're on west sawmill road okay so this sounds like to me what i ran into several years back at uh, the intersection of 89 and 5 when uh I kept saying that it was a dangerous intersection on the air because when you were going southbound on 5, you came down a little hill, you went into uh, a low spot, then you came up over a hill again, and then you went through the uh, the intersection, and the only thing they had there was a blinking light. Mm-hmm. And it, it I'm going to just say, the bottom line, it took the death of four young high school women uh, for that to change, and they put a stoplight there. They took that dip out yep. so you could see the, the cars real well. And uh, and now it's it's not as dangerous. I mean, they still yep. have wrecks there, but not the deaths that they had. But the problem that they were having is that it was Pulaski County and Saline County right there at that. Mm-hmm. They butt up against each other right, right there mm-hmm. at that intersection. Mm-hmm. And neither one wanted to spend the money. Right. Is is this a problem there? I'm still kind of investigating it, but I will say that the people of East End, which is an unincorporated part of Saline County, do feel like that they are uh, the stepchildren of the Sheridan School District. I'll just throw that out there. Well, it sounds like need... a corn well, court but, issue but here, as well. Well, but that here, is. It sounds yes. like to me it comes down to just I'd like to get the Saline County Judge Brumley on yes. and ask him, yeah. Yeah. is that his responsibility? If so, then you need to do what needs to be done to make that safer for well, the, the, the right. kids it's going to the school. It's incumbent yeah. upon the school district to go to the county judge and say, hey, we've got the school crossing here. You know, yeah. Let's come up with a plan. It's, it's obviously going to be a, a county issue tax-wise, but I think they have to work together. But, yeah. the, but the school district has not gone to the county judge and said, hey, we think there's not a safety I'm issue. Of, but I've just kind of... This yeah. Sounds like you're going to find out, though. There yes. you go. Ask, uh, yeah. ask the superintendent. Has yes. he ever talked to the county judge about 
Getting that cleared up and send that picture along with it. Yes. You just added that to your list. I know. It's an ongoing list. Yeah. Can I give you some more? Story? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying that that's the way that would get changed. And I agree. Well, that they had crosswalks. And, and I've said this about Arkansas in general for years. They need to paint their lines more yes, on the road. You can't so see. You, can you, see can't, you can't see this. And really. if it rains, you don't yes. have a clue no. where the ra- the lanes are. And you wouldn't know that school's there until unless you went down it every day. You know, I. I they don't know, have it, flashing lights. They have flashing lights, right? You're in the school zone. Oh right, and then you have like a school zone ahead, but you're not really. How many people? I, I watched it but for three hours. But if you're doing hours, 80 miles an you hour. You stop. But your point is if, if this would have been a school day in the morning and that yes. car had that wreck and roll, there's going to be kids. There could be bad. Yes. Yeah. yes. That could be bad news. Yeah, yeah, it could go the other way. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. the cars that may be backed up on the highway. It's already backed up. You yes, know, waiting right. to get in and dropping their yep. kids yeah. off or whatever. So. All right. Sounds so, like so, an issue you need, you need to get into. Sounds, I'm sure I will. Sounds like a Saline County infrastructure <laughs> issue. That's right. That's what it Maybe you can like. get the county judge on and we can hash it all out. I'm going to I'm going to put out a you know a nice uh, letter to him and not letter you know it'd be email that I'll send to him and ask him to join us. You know I really do want him to come in and, and sit down and. And talk about Saline County. I don't see why he wouldn't. He, I'm sure he's, I'm not, I'm not he's being proud u- of it. I'm not being ugly, but if you're going to be, if you're the county judge, be the county judge. Come, you know, step up to the microphone and address the, the folks. Does that make sense? Here that makes perfect sense. That's right. Ordering a court course. Here yeah. comes the judge. All right, just so. You, <laughs> I, I grew up on television. I'm a boomer. What can I tell you? You got to get to the deal on the AD on the on the voucher. Oh yeah, we didn't yeah. talk about oh, that. Yeah. The Just Learns re- we'll, Act. We'll get it next week too. Here's yeah, yeah we want to get this answered. Evidently, some people and and it's you know conservatives that have brought this up. This money that's going out. Somebody asked me, well, can't they go after the the private schools that are getting this money? No, because it's not the state that delivers the money. It's the parents that are bringing the money, so uh, the government has no no insight into that. It's the money that belongs to the parents of the student that are spending the money. So here's the question. The question is, all right, so you want to have some kind of special tutor for your kid. What happens if the tutor is somebody that their business is outside the borders of Arizona, uh, Arizona, uh, Arkansas, or a private school, or a private, yeah, yeah. etc. Uh, how does this work out? And uh, we'll try to get an answer for you. Yeah. By next week, how's that? Yeah, it'd be if we could get, if you can get a secretary leave it on because he's a great guest. Well, that's what I'm yeah. going to shoot for. I love the man. Well, he, maybe that's too strong. I. I really have a lot of respect for I him. I do, too. He does not dodge anything. No, he doesn't. He, he, he answers the questions. Yeah. That's what he, and that's all I can ask him to do. We come with, we come with questions. He offers answers. Yeah, and he's not, he does not shy away no. from it one bit. And uh, I've enjoyed my interactions with him here on the show yeah. and, and talking about guy. other issues. And, he uh, really has. He's been a great guy, and I, I've, I have enjoyed that as well. Um, it's been a nice. Maybe he will uh, investigate nice, my shirt and stuff. Yeah, been a nice change. <laughs> it's been a very nice change of pace, to be honest. Uh, 
compared the, to then, who then was Commissioner in, Keys. Oh my God, uh, was up in there. Yeah, I agree. That was Asa pick, by the way. Yes, it was. All right, <laughs> so we'll get uh, we'll see if we can't get the Secretary of Education on with us next Wednesday. That's when Susie will be here as well. So oh yes, maybe yeah. you can ask him some questions yes. during the breaks. All right. <laughs> Time for us to call it quits today, man. guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of good yeah. information. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.